Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. What a beautiful morning. It is uh, already about 67 degrees out there. We've got a full weather forecast coming up in a little while. But, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, getting high 80s today, 90s tomorrow and Wednesday. Spring has sprung here in Utah's Dixie. And, uh, by the way, uh, happy May the 4th to you. It is Star Wars Day in America, maybe around the world. I don't know. But uh, are you a Star Wars fan? Uh, let's get Brian Hyde in here. Brian's uh, my guest here in the first part of the show. Brian, good morning, my friend. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Great to hear your voice. Are you a Star Wars guy? Uh, not as much as I probably could be. Now, okay. my kids more than make up for it, though. So, you know, maybe it's, it may be a recessive thing that just passed on to the next generation. Okay, okay. That's all right. I, uh, you're old enough to remember when it came out, though, right? Uh, the, the very first one back in 78? Uh, oh, yeah. 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 And, I, and I distinctly remember one of my good friends in, in school telling me, I think I've just seen what may be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. I didn't disagree with him once I saw it. Yeah, yeah, no, great movie. I I remember I was 12 years old when it came out, and I remember going to the movie theater not knowing what to expect. I just had heard it was science fiction. That, that was all I had heard. And sitting there and just being blown away, it was it was incredible. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, let's see, 20, uh, that was 40-plus uh, years ago. Whew. Yeah. We're getting old. Time flies, right? <laughs> and, of course, it was the pre-Jar Jar days, too, which yeah. was uh, the golden age all of itself. <laughs> Yes, they were. Uh, by the way, if Star Wars isn't your thing here on May the 4th, tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo and uh, Taco Tuesday at the same time. So an excuse to gorge yourself on Mexican food tomorrow. Now, that's, that's something I could firmly get behind. <laughs> awesome. Well, you wouldn't be able to eat any of that stuff, though, if you were wearing a mask. I, I noticed uh, this week the topic on uh, loving liberty was... Well, one of the topics was wearing a mask. Now, uh, Costco has announced that not only its employees, but all customers will be required to wear a mask, Brian, in order to shop at their store. Other stores are not quite going to that extreme, but uh, certainly the recommendations are out there that we all wear masks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to probably abstain from the mask, which means I'll probably abstain from going to Costco. Mm-hmm. Somehow life will go on. Um, you know, if, if I felt that it was something I needed to do, I would do it. But uh, I don't know, Andy, maybe I'm just being contrarian here. But this, there's, a, there's a kind of social coercion that goes along with this that just doesn't sit well with me. I'm not telling anybody else, well, you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying to me it feels a lot like my arm is being twisted, and I don't respond well to that. Yeah, yeah, me, me neither. Um, there, there are kind of two camps and then a, a bunch of people that fall in the middle. But the one camp is uh, no way, no how, I'm never wearing a mask. And the other camp is you're evil, you're going to kill people because you choose not to wear a mask. And like I said, I think most people are falling somewhere in the middle. But uh, uh, I can see the extreme. I can see, actually see the, the points of both extremes. I don't like being, like you said, being told what to do. Well, I saw a great article this morning on Facebook that a friend had shared, and unfortunately, that's the only place I can find it. I wanted to share it, but it's it's strictly a Facebook article. But uh, she, this lady, Heather Lay, is a nurse, and she has some pretty decent research backing up that the mask is not the panacea that some pretend it is. It may be good for some, but it's not, you know, for everybody. But her point is mainly this is this is psychological 
manipulation mm. that's going on with this. Uh, if you don't wear a mask, you must want grandma to die. Mm, yeah, I've heard. Actually, I've heard that. Yes, I've, I've heard people say that, that you're evil because you won't wear a mask because you don't care about other people. And I even, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, Brian. I felt a tinge of guilt when I went into the store without a mask on. I kind of felt bad, like maybe I should just, just you know, to, to just in case. I don't know, man. It, it I like what you said, physical or uh, mo- uh, psychological manipulation, or even perhaps coercion. Yeah, there, the the beautiful thing in this article is she cites a couple of uh, examples of how to manipulate people socially or psychologically. And, and two of the sources that she uses are uh, Saul Alinsky, his Rules for Radicals, uh, which if, once you see it spelled out, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see how that's being used to, to make people you know, wear the mask or feel like they're the odd person out there, they're the antisocial type. The second source she used was uh, Mein Kampf. And, and she points out, I think, that five or six different tactics that, that Hitler advocated for how to shape public opinion without uh, without bothering to convince people. And then it involves just, you know, you socially coerce them into uh, wanting to be with the majority. Mm. You know, it, it's funny because you know me, Brian, but a lot of people don't know this. I'm I'm very tall. I'm six foot five, uh, up uh, around around just under 300 pounds. I'm a big guy. I've always been a big guy. Uh, you know, from back from my playing football days. But one of the things that I always wanted to do, Brian, was to fit in. Uh, but when you're when you're unusual in size, like I was, uh, you tend to be stereotyped. At least I felt like I was. And so all I, all I ever wanted when I was a young young person was to fit in. I wanted to be like everyone else. I wanted to be uh, quote unquote normal. Uh, this plays right into that, doesn't it? I just think you know, everybody else was thinking, man, I wish I was as tall as Andy. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was as big as Andy, but. Uh... <laughs> I guess it just goes to show. No matter, no matter where we are, we always wish. Is that grass a little bit greener over there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I uh, it's funny because uh, I, I'm a car guy. I love cars. I have a convertible Mustang, and and the, every car I ever wanted, I wanted to be unusual and different. I wanted a car like no one else had. I guess I'm trying to explore the psychology of all this, Brian, because I I want to be normal, but I want a car that's not normal. But I don't want to wear a mask because I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to have to wear. I'd be told what to do. But at the same time, I want to be normal, and wear, wearing a mask is pretty normal right now. It's it's quite a mess I, I'm in here. I think one of the toughest things that any of us will ever do is come to that point in life where being true to the truth as we understand it, you know, and open to new truth, um, outweighs our need for approval from everyone else. Mm. And, and it takes a long time to get there. I'm not even sure I'm there all the time myself, but um, you got to have thick skin because as soon as you stand up and say, I, you know what, that may be great for you, but I'm going to do this. This is where my heart's taking me. You're going to get criticized, and you might even be you know, misrepresented or accused of uh, wanting grandma to die because, darn it, you're not wearing your mask. Right, or accused of being intolerant, which is one of the other topics you talked about uh, today. Uh, on Loving Liberty. By the way, go to lovingliberty.net to find out more uh, about Brian and his network of uh, radio programs, and in particular his own Loving Liberty show. Uh, Let's talk about tolerance a little bit. You know, it's so funny to me, and I've talked about this before on the show, that the people who are clamoring for tolerance, and, you know, I'm going to call them out, the, the, the liberal left, are the ones that are the are are the least tolerant. They're the ones that 
condemn us for being intolerant when they're the ones being, I, I don't know, it blows my mind a little bit, Brian. No, it sure feels that way. And I, and I think there's no better image that, that spells that out than, um, oh, it was a couple of years ago, I, I think it was uh, it was after the, the um, whatever it was, rally in Charlottesville, um, Virginia, where, you know, Antifa really came on strong. And there was an image, a newspaper image of a, a protester beating someone over the head with a sign that said, stop the hate. And I was like, wow, uh, what, what, what can you say? Yeah. That's tolerance? <laughs> well, I guess in a way it is. It's tolerance for violence. I I don't know. That's that's crazy. Well, let's talk a little bit about tolerance. Uh, it seems to be the it virtue of the 21st century. Oh, I not that there's anything wrong with that as famously said on Seinfeld uh, or uh, you know, I, I well, honestly, if you if you mention if you say the word of a race incorrectly, you're all of a sudden a bigot, a racist. It it has gone to such an extreme, Brian, that you have to like just everyday conversation. You got to edit your own talk. You you got to be careful. It's like we've forgotten what authentic tolerance is, which is when you encounter something that's different or or possibly even a little out of step with what you uh, what you're comfortable with. Tolerance is what allows you to politely. Let somebody else hold their point of view or, or even be wrong, if, if that's the case, without feeling the need to bend them to your will and correct them or make them renounce whatever it is uh, that you disagree with. That's what real tolerance looks like. Uh, but unfortunately, that word has been, as you mentioned, captured and perverted to where everyone must kneel. Everyone must chant the exact same slogan, mm-hmm. and, and somehow that's supposed to equal tolerance. We had a, a story in the news this morning. A guy, uh, you know, everybody's supposed to wear their face coverings when they go shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Guy wore a Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan style hat into a store. Uh, he was uh, he was arrested and cited, by the way, when he refused to take his hat off. Uh, let's let's apply the tolerance principles that we're talking about here to this guy. What should have happened to a guy who wears a hat like that out in public? Well, tell me again, what did the hat say on it? It didn't have anything. It just was a Ku Klux Klan style, you know, the white kind of pointed hat. Oh, okay. Yeah, covering his entire head, and he refused to take it off, and he got in big trouble. What, what, what do you think should have happened to him? Well, as long as his behavior is peaceful, mm-hmm. then uh, I think the, the biggest favor people could do who disagreed with him is ignore him. Mm. Don't give power to him. Don't give power to whatever message he may be able or may be trying to portray with that. You know, the same thing would apply. This may anger some folks, but with the uh, Make America Great Again hats, people Mm. who are wearing a MAGA hat stand a very good chance of being accused uh, just as if they were wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood. Well, it means the same thing because we all know the president is racist, blah, 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 blah. And people think, you know, it's justifiable to be violent against someone wearing uh, even a hat, just a red hat with white lettering on it, even if it doesn't say Make America Great Again. So mm. it's, it's a symbol. It has exactly as much power as people want to give it. And if it's something negative, we absolutely have the power to turn our backs on it and not give it any recognition whatsoever. You know, you've got, uh, what, six kids? I do. I've, yep. got, I've got five. It, that, this whole scenario reminded me a little bit of, remember when your, your kids were really young, toddler age, and they didn't get something they wanted? What did they do? Tantrum time. Tantrum. Yeah, they, they maybe lay on the floor and beat their fists on the ground and, and scream and, and yell. And, and uh, what did we learn as parents, Brian, about tantrums? 
don't you don't reward it. Yeah. You, don't, you don't try to reason them out of it or or out tantrum them. You just actually the best thing we ever found was when one of our kids would start to throw a tantrum, we would just excuse ourselves from the room. And suddenly they had no audience and the tantrum was kind of a moot point. We used to tell our kids, let me know when you're done. And, yeah. and, and we would kind of do like you. We just kind of walk out of the room. We'll, we'll be around if you want to talk when you're finished. Oh, boy. So I've, I've got a family member, and I'm not going to call it any names or anything, but uh, who is a big proponent uh, of the theory that man is causing the climate to change and ruining this earth. Uh, whatever. That's her. I, oh, I said I said what gender it was. Okay. It's this person's <laughs> – I don't want to get in trouble here, Brian, but it's this person's opinion, and that's fine. And, I, and I, I'm certainly tolerant of her opinion. If she wants to have that opinion, that's fine. I happen to disagree. The problem that I've had, Brian, and I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore at family gatherings. Not that we have those anymore with COVID-19, but I'm not allowed to talk about my, my differing opinion because every time I do, I get shouted down. I get – uh, yelled at, persecuted, told to shut up, told I was ridiculous. I just, I, I don't understand why I can't have an opinion that this person disagrees with and be able to talk about it rationally. It's a, it's a tough call. And look, I, your experience is not, uh, this, you're not the only person who's going through that. I, even within my family, there are, there are those with differing opinions. And what I have found is sometimes if there's really an impasse there, that, you know, it's just like we're not going to agree or this seems to spark heated argument mm-hmm. i'm not above telling look let's put let's just take that one off the table and and let's not discuss that if it upsets us or makes us both feel like we have to dig in and plant the flag um let's let's talk about something else and that actually has worked pretty well in this article that you linked to on your website uh, by anders koskinen i hope i said his name right uh he talks about settles that that Climate change is what's called a settled science now. That means the majority of people seem to have accepted it as truth. And therefore, if you have a differing opinion about something like that, and I'm just using that as an example, uh, if you're outside of the norm, then you're the one that is going to be, uh, it's a weird word, persecuted maybe. It's funny because there's only a few bastions where it's safe to to mock people anymore. Middle-aged white guys seem to get it a lot lately, don't they, Brian? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the climate change, uh, I'm, I'm going to probably step on some toes here, but the climate change dogma is probably as close as you can get to religion without actually, you know, meeting in a, you know, formal <laughs> church in the sense that people who deny it are called that deniers. What you question, you are a denier. In an earlier mm-hmm. age, we would have called them heretics and probably would have been stacking up wood around a stake somewhere oh. to, to deal with them once we were through, you know, with the Inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like your comparison there, man. Uh, yeah, there would have been a, a few wood burnings going on in my family if uh, yeah, if that had been the case. So, uh, yeah, okay. So uh, again, tolerance in our society. The funny thing is, is the Republicans, the, the conservatives, I should say, have been accused of being intolerant, but more so than any other group of people, and yet. It's turning out the ones that are calling for tolerance are the ones that are being the least tolerant. Uh, well, I look at, you know, like Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi, and they're just, you know, every turn they're criticizing. Their, their, their goal is not to get things accomplished. Their goal is to stop the conservatives from getting things accomplished. Yeah, it's, and, and, the, and tolerance can also, it can also run the other way. I mean, there are people on the political right that can become very intolerant and entrenched in their point of view. 
I'll tell you this, with as many people as I've talked to over the years, as many on-air debates as I've been a part of, you know, throughout my career, um, one thing that I have discovered is the people who are, the people who seem to have the most solid um, argument or the most solid defense of their point of view are the ones who don't feel like they need to convince everybody else or they don't need everybody else to agree with them. Hmm. In other words, uh, you know, you can tell them, hey, uh, I don't see things the way that you do. And they're fine with that. It's like, that's okay. My, my beliefs don't require you to, to agree with me. Do you feel like, Brian, that uh, some of the things that, that are very close to police state, people being arrested for not social distancing, people being fined for not wearing a mask, uh, do you think these things are a portent of things to come? Is this, is this just the beginning or is this an anomaly? Uh, I want to believe it's an anomaly, but um, the, the thing that makes me believe it's, it's probably going to be a part of our lives is the fact that, uh, that so few people have really stood up to it. You're starting to see more people do this now. I think uh, especially as the weather's been getting nicer, more and more people have decided for themselves that the, the lockdown or the shutdown or stay-at-home order is over, whether their government at whatever level has given them official permission or not. But the fact that we allowed it to, to be put in place and to just simply obey in, in such large numbers without really questioning, uh, I don't think that that speaks well for, for what lies ahead. And if, we, if this is considered precedent, then absolutely we can expect to see more of it. I hope it's an anomaly. My gut tells me it probably isn't. Oh. All right. All right. Thanks, Brian. Uh, do you want to take a call or two before we uh, let you move on? Yeah, you betcha. You know who's on the line, right? <laughs> Let me guess. It's Seth. Seth, good morning. How are you? Wow. Two of my favorite people all in the same place at the same time. <laughs> well, we're 300 miles apart, but, yeah, on the phone together. Oh, oh okay. Well, uh, I, I wonder, I know I have lost 35% of my lung capacity due to viral pneumonia in the past. Mm. So putting on a mask these days it makes it difficult for me to breathe. Yeah, I could see that. Now, if you put a mask on and live at a mile high, maybe the blood oxygen content is going to be diminished. And so maybe we're suffocating ourselves. Mm. All right? Because less oxygen in causes the body and the red blood cells and the maintenance of our system to be diminished. Now, and so, now, and Seth, let the me, fact Okay, that, let, let me ask you, as, as far as this goes, it, I don't know if you shop at Costco or not, but if you had a mind, okay, I really need something at Costco, would you go to Costco and wear their mask? I did yesterday. Okay. Okay, uh, but I'm more concerned about their blowers in the restrooms blowing uh, a human waste all over the restroom, and uh, and that's been going on since they opened the store. And and the N95 mask means uh, 95% of the normal viruses. Uh, don't pass through the mask if the mask is worn correctly and is not saturated, but 5% of the viruses do get through. Hmm. I didn't so know what that. that means, if we're talking about being safe, a mask and the fact that we're constantly 
touching our face and adjusting the mask and making sure that the nose clip is proper and it bothers us and we have trouble speaking and then people, because they can't be understood, take the mask off to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, good point. In fact, you know, I'm I right as soon as I'm off the air here, I'm due in a meeting, a manager's meeting here at Cherry Creek to give them a presentation on code orange, the orange code that we're in right now, and whether or not they should be requiring their employees to wear a mask all day, every day. Uh, Brian, I'm going to ask your advice before I go into that meeting here in about 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Uh, what do you think I should say? Uh, it's tough because, uh, uh, look, we all know how uh, management is usually pretty risk-averse, right? Oh, yeah. So it's it's probably a safe bet they would rather err on the side of safety, Um I, I don't know. Can I say this? This is going to be kind of subversive, Andy, but uh, um, let the policy be what it is, and then uh, maybe employees not feel the need to snitch on one another if someone isn't perfectly wearing their mask. There, but, I said it. Yeah, thank you for saying that. By the way, the policy is face coverings worn, ensure that face coverings are available, masks are not required, but strongly recommended. That's the official's policy from the state of Utah, just for the record there. All right, let's go, let's take one more call before uh, before we go to break. Caller, you're on with Andy and with Brian Hyde. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Morning, Brian Hyde. Howdy. Can you guess who this may be? A voice from long ago. I'm trying to place it, but you're going to have to help me. It's been many, many moons. And do you recall what I once phoned you up and said? I bet you remember, but I'll refresh your memory. I said once that if I were offended by everything that everybody did, I would have pulled us up. Uh-oh. We're losing you. We lost him. Mm. And the worst part is I still, I still haven't placed whose voice that way. Yeah, I, I don't know either. He had a, obviously it was a, 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 a rough connection there as it started okay. to fade and then went off. Well, this is going to weigh on my head, or is it going to be in my brain all day long? Who was that? Who was that? I, I, could give, I can hazard a couple of guesses. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of guesses off, off the air, but uh, okay. know, we lost them and they haven't called <laughs> back yet. So. Well, Brian, tell us again about your show. And uh, by the way, it will be coming to KDXU, but uh, probably not for uh, about a month and a half. But uh, it, it will be coming to KDXU, I can tell you that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what to expect and where to find it. Hey, if you want to go to lovingliberty.net, that's where you'll find we have a live stream. There's also a free app you can download to your smartphone, Android, or iOS. And, of course, a full archive of podcasts, which it turns out, uh, man, the podcasting thing is pretty convenient for people who can't be at a specific place at a specific time to, to listen when it's airing live. So there you have some options. I talk about freedom-oriented things and try not to get too caught up in the red state, blue state tug-of-war. You, uh, you Did you say you have your own app, a Loving Liberty app? Yes. Awesome. Yep. Oh, that is really. I got to. I, I didn't know that. I'm, I've got to download that thing and put it on my phone. Uh, I'll tell you what, boy. If you're say doing yard work or you have to drive very long, those podcasts are golden. They are awesome. So I become a believer, and I was one of those who has been kind of dragged kicking and screaming into the era of the podcast. But you know, hey, I love radio. I will always love radio. Podcasting kind of seemed like an interloper. Hey, uh, looks like that caller's back. Should we try one more time? Sure. All right. Is this the same caller, or do we have someone new here? 
This is the same caller. Hi, Brian. This is Robert again. I don't know if we got cut off, but my sincere apologies. Not a problem. Robert, it sounds like yes. you're giving some good advice about if, if you went around being offended all the time and then, then it kind of broke up, what's the, what's the rest of that statement? Forgive me. Um, I had uh, One time I had dressed down my former wife, and after I had completed my husbandly tirade, which I over-exaggerated, I admit, she said, what will you have me do, slit my wrist? And I'll tell you what, that really got me to thinking. And as I listen to these different callers and I watch the actions and the activity of these people, it just really makes me question the intelligence of mankind. And I once said if I were offended by everything that I witnessed people do, I would have slit my own wrist and committed suicide years ago. But such as yourself... Yeah, we would have, and I don't advocate to take you to one flight by any means. Let me put that disclaimer on the air. I'm simply saying, and and, and jokingly, I I just, I'm I'm acutely loathful, loathsome of mankind. Yet, on the other hand, I love mankind. I love life. I am so grateful to be alive on this earth and to see the joys and the achievements and all that intelligent people can accomplish, but this this childlike behavior from so many adults, Brian, I just don't understand it, and I'm wondering if you can enlighten me, please. Uh, the only thing I can do is fall back on the golden rule. It works every time. If we're doing that, then, then we've won the biggest battle, which is with ourselves, and that's really where I should be focusing. You know, there's so much criticism about uh, parents who, I remember when I was little, you, know, you fall down, hurt yourself, the old, the old phrase, that, rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. There's so, sure. much, so much criticism now of parents, that parent that way. You're okay, get over it, come on, get up and keep moving. Uh, and, and certainly we want to be sensitive to kids who have some, some uh, psychological issues, but the bottom line is maybe we need a little bit more parenting like that, Brian, a little bit more of rub some dirt on it parenting. Or just, you know, a resolve that, look, I'm going to encounter people who won't, uh, who won't rub me the right way. That's just life. We're human. Sometimes I'm the person who's going to be rubbing someone the wrong way. I'll cut other people slack. I hope that they'll cut me slack. But this is the one place in my life where I do have control. I can choose not to take offense. And you'd be surprised how much happier life is when you make that decision. I don't have to take offense just because someone is, you know, behaving offensively. I, I, I'm offended by you saying that, Brian. Not really. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on today. He's Brian Hyde. LovingLiberty.net is the website. Check out his podcast. They are awesome with a capital aw. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Great to talk to you today. We've got open lines from the last 20 minutes of the show. If you want to call 673-5890, tell me maybe. What's on your mind and uh, what's bugging you? What's not bugging you? What you're happy about? Uh, a couple of things I wanted to go over. Uh, first of all, Don Shula passed away. If you're uh, probably in your 40s or older, you would know Don Shula as the legendary coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Shula was 90 years old. Was uh, you know It's funny because uh, I, I'm not a Dolphins fan. Never was a Dolphins fan. I wouldn't say I, I don't like the Dolphins, but I wouldn't say I like them either. Uh, he's one of those guys, whether you 
like the Dolphins or not, just had respect for. He was one of those guys, like Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys, like uh, so many of the great coaches, uh, Red Auerbach of the Celtics, um, that, that you just felt like, you know what, this guys he's he's legit. He's not pretentious. He is, he's, he's as advertised. Don Shula passes away at the age of 90. He was uh, living in Miami Lakes, uh, Florida. The team confirmed his death today, saying Shula was the patriarch of the Miami Dolphins for 50 years. He brought the winning edge to our franchise and put the Dolphins and the city of Miami in the national sports scene. He won two Super Bowls. Shula remains the winningest coach in NFL history. And he led the only team ever in the history of the league to go undefeated. The 1972 Dolphins won every single one of their games, which is kind of a cool deal. Uh, the thing I don't like, that I guess the 72 Dolphins get together every year. And, and as soon as the last undefeated team in the league loses a game, they pop open some champagne and celebrate. Aren't that many of them left. You figure if those guys were, say, 30 in 1972, you do the math, that's 48 years of, yeah, they're 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 going to be in their late 70s, perhaps mid to late 70s. Uh, but uh, yeah, they still celebrate the only undefeated team in the history of the league, the Miami Dolphins. So uh, again, condolences to uh, Don Shula, to his family, and uh, to his fans, passing away at the age of 90 after an incredible 50-year career with the Dolphins. Uh, I got some rules and regs I wanted to go over uh, when it comes to the orange alert and how Utah has already applied. For yellow, not Utah, Washington County has already applied to uh, be moved to yellow, code yellow, which would change things uh, even more so. But let's go to the phone lines first, 673-5890 if you want to weigh in. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Yeah, Friday we were talking about how you went through. Oh, are you the guy? Yeah. You're yeah. the guy. Cool. Well, you know yeah. what? You know, one of the cool things is, is, uh, is uh, I didn't really have to defend myself because for the next 30 minutes after your call, a whole bunch of people called with really relevant and good opinions about things, including about you. Apparently, you were never shot at in the military. Is that true? What difference does that make? I well, you were just condemning me for... Yes, you did. The, no, uh, you said it military. three times. You said three times. No, I got shot at, and, and uh, you said no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't qualify. Go, I think you... You said I, I didn't you. qualify to defend the Constitution because I had never served my country and never been shot at. And I think that's ridiculous. And uh, like I said, we had a half hour of people calling and saying, hey, you know, this guy, this guy was up in the night. Uh, do you, would you like to defend yourself? No, I don't have anything to defend myself about. Would <laughs> you like to defend yourself? I, I did. I did, and people okay. that called for the next Tell 30 me, minutes did. You said, you said you kind of sweated through the draft when you were in, oh, in the 90s? I didn't say I sweated through it. I said I registered for the draft but never got drafted. That's all I said. There wasn't a draft in 1990. There was a registration the for the draft. in 1973. No, no, I... <laughs> There was, that's what I said. There was never a draft. I had to register for the draft in 1990. Oh, you registered. Okay, well, I never said anything about being shot at. That other guy that keeps calling, he doesn't seem to know what a voluntary draft is. I volunteered for the draft. I went down to the draft board and said, hey, I'll take a slot after such and such a date. And that's what they did. 
And he doesn't seem to understand what a voluntary draft is. You could have gone down, I guess, and volunteered and taken two or three years, but you didn't. No, I did not. But I was, you know, I was doing other things to help my country. I was oh, getting an education. What, what, what were you doing that helped your country? I was I getting forgot. an education. I was raising a family that has values that obeys the law. Why? Why do you condemn these things? That's what I don't understand about you. You're like, oh, you I didn't do anything. Just, you don't I belong in America. You know, listen. I just find- you're, you're saying you're going to stop. No, listen to me. You, you, you won't listen. You, all you want to do is spout off. Listen to me. You want to condemn every person that hasn't gone in the military and gotten shot at. That was your whole no, premise when you that. called. Yeah, no, that was your whole premise. There you, when you go about being shot at. That's what Somebody you said, said twice. I, I think you have echoes in your head. No, what I do have is a volume button, and I just turned you down because you were unreasonable. You won't. You, you, I try to quote you to you, and you, oh, that's not what I said. Well, yeah, it's exactly. I have the tape. I have exactly what you said right here on tape. I could play it if I wanted to, but you've already wasted enough time on this show. So, it's at nine forty-five. This is News Radio ninety-four nine eight ninety KDSU. Let's talk a little bit about COVID nineteen. Now we're in Code Orange here in Utah, and Code Orange is. Uh, a step down from code red. Of course, red was, uh, yeah, red was the big, bad, you know, we can't do anything kind of a thing. And, and we actually never technically had any kind of lockdown order in Utah, which is, which is cool. Uh, I think our governor uh, was calm and cool and realized that Utah is not New York and we didn't have to freak out. Uh, but we're still on code orange. Now, code orange, when it comes to your place of work, recommends, strongly recommends that you wear face coverings, but it is not required. Yeah, face coverings are not required. Also, it's the, uh, it recommends that you provide accommodations to high-risk employees. Uh, you uh, promote social distancing still, uh, and you try to, if at all possible, get your employees to work from home. Obviously, that doesn't really work with the radio station. Uh, I could not do this show from home. Well, here, let me put it this way. I could do this show from home, but somebody would have to be here pushing all the buttons and connecting the phone line, et cetera. So if someone else had to be here anyway, I might as well be here. That makes sense? So uh, let's see. Uh, employers should minimize face-to-face interactions, including with customers. Uh, eliminate unnecessary travel. Cancel or postpone in-person meetings, conferences, workshops, and training sessions. Uh, and if you have been somewhere that is high risk, for instance, if you uh, had to travel out of state to California or whatever, then uh, you should not be allowed to return to work for a, a minimum of 14 days. Interesting stuff. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's necessarily being enforced, and I don't know that it necessarily should be in, enforced. I think people are being careful, and I think that's why... Our, our health department here in, in Washington County has said, why don't you go ahead and put us at code yellow and restrict, uh, uh, limit the restrictions a little more? Because we just don't have the volume of cases that the rest of the country is having. That, not the rest of the country. A, a lot of uh, places are having, especially the high population centers. I agree. I think we should go code yellow here. And I think Costco is, is uh, while I understand what they're doing in lawsuit-wise and PR-wise, I think it's ridiculous that they're going to require Americans to wear something on their face to come into their store. That's my opinion. All right, let's go back to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Hey, how are you today? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to call in and 
kind of reinforce some of the positive that I've seen as a business owner here in St. George. Yeah. I own the corn dog truck. I own the corn dog truck here in town. Oh, you and, have, you uh, have gotten me over to your corn dog truck a few times. I know. I in fact the other day you drove off and I saw your vehicle. I'm like, oh, I listen to his show every morning. I've never even had a chance to say hello. So. Well, uh, I'm, anyway, a, I'm addicted to your smoky corn dog, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the smoky cheddar. That is a good one. Yep. Absolutely, but. I'm calling in more to just say thank you to the people of St. George, the listeners who, through this whole thing, have been absolutely amazing to us. They've come by, their kindness, their generosity, the way they've tipped our employees, tipped everything. They've just been first class the whole way through. Uh, The Southwest Health Department's been unbelievable at working with all of us and getting us up to speed on what needed to be done. And I just think the way everybody handled it from that side of things for us has been really pretty amazing. So I just want to call in, say thanks to you, say thanks to the people of St. George and, and for all the support. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate the call. Great to talk to you. Um, and by the way, uh, kudos to those guys. I was a little short on change. I, I was like, I don't know, 38 cents short or something like that when I came in the other day. And uh, they said, I'll just get us next time. Uh, they knew two things. Number one, they knew I was good for it, which is which is kind. And number two, they knew I'd be back because I'm, like I said, I'm addicted to those uh, those smoky cheddar corn dogs. Got to get a, a commercial break in here real quick, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, thanks for also patronizing Joe Shone. He's a local loan consultant who's been around for two and a half decades. Decade, more than two and a half decades servicing Southern Utah when it comes to home loans, refis, uh, home equity loans, any kind of mortgage. Uh, you're going to want to talk to Joe Shoney. He averages 4.91 out of five stars online. That's 335 reviews. Anybody that owns a business know that's an incredible number. 4.91 out of five stars. Uh, here's one. Shad says five stars. They did a great job. Transaction was very smooth. That was Irene. Another five-star review. And another five-star review from, uh, let's see, Matthew, who says, if you're looking for a reliable team that is dedicated, communicates with you every step of the way, and is knowledgeable as they come then Joe Shoney is who you need to call. So the phone number is 435-590-6300, or you can email Joe, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Welcome back to the program. I do want to apologize a little bit. I, I went off on a guy earlier. Basically, his premise was, if you didn't serve in the military, you don't have a right to talk about or defend the Constitution. That was his whole point. He called on Friday. And uh, fortunately, I have great listeners on this show. And I got, for like 30 minutes straight, I got people, you know, calling and saying, uh, first of all, you're fine. And second of all, that guy's crazy. Uh, and, and so that was nice. Uh, but today I was I was kind of like, all right, if he calls, I'm going to light him up. And I, I don't know. Hopefully I wasn't unreasonable. But I just did, I find it laughable to think that the only reason, the only way you have a right to live in a free country and defend the Constitution is is if you actually physically defended the Constitution with your life on the line. And, and that's just not true. I pay my taxes. I, you know, I, I'm a contributor to society. I had a college degree. I work hard. I, I don't know what else you know I could do besides volunteer for the military. And besides Griffins with the, our lack of speed, uh, if we were to join the Army, you know what they, they would call us? They would call us target practice because we would be easy to hit. I'm not kidding about that either. We're slow. Anyway, uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Hello, Andy. Uh, I call about the Sunday morning programming. Uh, You have uh, uh, Joseph Smith papers and the music and the spoken word. Yeah. You know that you've been broadcasting the same broadcast for, you know, eight to ten weeks? 
I, uh, between the, you know. <laughs> I did not know that. I thought we got a new yeah. one every week. Wow, I, obviously yeah. something's you know, gone wrong. 316 is a great subject, but, you know. After uh, 10 in a row, yeah, it's not so yeah, much anymore. Yeah, and it was, you know, kind of similar to the, the month before that. You had them, you know, because they were backed up. But I'm not sure if that's the music in the spoken word or the one, you know, it comes on at 9 o'clock. Okay, but, I will, uh, I will yeah. make it a priority to look into that right away. I, yeah. pre- I appreciate yeah, the input on that. Deep breaths. Don't, don't let somebody else, you know, send your, your day, man. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well said. Everybody can be offended by something, but you just keep smiling. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Andy, you take care. I appreciate, yep. you know, Th- appreciate yep. the program. Thanks for the Bye-bye. call. We'll get that fixed on Sunday. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Good morning, Andy. Morning. You beat everything. You know that? I did what? You beat everything. You know that? But with with a stick or what? No, that's your famous line in the Andy Griffith show. Oh yeah, what a great show that was, huh? <laughs> Wish we had more shows hey, like that. You have Brian Hyde on. Yeah. Uh, I used to listen to his show once in a while. I didn't agree with his libertarian policies, but I do have some criticism. He has a great voice, but I have some criticisms for him. Okay. He would always have Ryan and Ammon Bundy on, and the boy Finnegan. And I called in and tried to talk to LaVoy. I did talk to him twice. And about 10 days before LaVoy was killed, I pleaded with him on Brian Hyde's show not to go back to Oregon. And uh, Brian gave these guys a platform, and I think he's as responsible as anyone for what happened in Oregon to LaVoy Fennecum. Yeah. Because those guys were wrong about the Constitution. And I tried to educate them, but... Both Brian and LaVoy kept cutting me off. I'd All I tried to tell them is, hey, go read the Treaty of Paris, and you'll find out the United States government does have the right to own federal land all over the place. So, and these guys were saying, no, they can't own land except under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 of the Constitution, which talks about the seat of the government being Washington, D.C. So they were totally out in the left field. I tried to educate them. Brian Hyde would not let me. LaVoy Finnegan cut me off. And I said, okay, you, LaVoy, you're a nice guy, but please, don't go back to Oregon. You're going to get yourself killed. And he did. And he did. Yeah. And right. Brian Hyde was full of baloney, too, on this remote viewing guy he would have on. And he had a woman on that was claimed to have a, a prophetess visions about this big earthquake along the Wasatch Fault all the time. I mean, Brian Hyde put on people that were just nuts. Yeah, yeah. In in some ways, Brian's show was a, a little bit of coast-to-coast AM, a little bit of some of the people that are out there just a little bit too far for my taste. Which really, you know, drags down his credibility. Yeah, yeah. So he's a nice guy, and he has a great voice, but he sure got out and left field on a couple of things. Yeah, well said. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye. Six seven three five eight ninety. Somebody was just trying to call. Our our hold function is not working very well. So when you call, it's going to ring for a little while and then probably give you a message, uh, something like uh, you know the the number is busy or the number is not in use or something like that. Anyway, try to call again. Six seven three five eight nine zero. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. We got about two minutes. What's up? No problem. Uh, I called um, last month sometime about that uh, place that was. The new restaurant town that was serving the stuffed bread, you knew what it was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. shoot. I wrote it down. 
Did, did you ever figure out their name? Because I wrote it down. Now i got to go find oh. out where I wrote it because I hadn't heard from you for a few weeks. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to well, do. It's all Friday. How's that? I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to talk about it on my show. We'll do that. That way, that way yeah. it'll be out there in public, and someone else can help us too. Okay? Perfect. All right. Hey, thank Thanks you. for the call. Caller, one, uh, one minute left. What's on your mind? Hi. Uh, this is uh, Phil with Arte Gallery. I've been open throughout this whole thing, and um, we've – Unfortunately, we've been down about 50, 60, 70 percent on our business. I've had to put our employees at about 50 percent of what they normally do. But uh, staying open is the way to go through this. And um, nobody I know of has gotten sick. So I'm wondering when can we go to code yellow? I hope we can do it soon. Yeah, I'm with you. And I know that, uh, like I said, our, our health officers here in the county have asked the governor for permission to go yellow. I think it's a, I think it's it's needed here. We just don't have the the what's the word exponential pandemic here that a lot of places have had so i'm with you yeah we've never had anyone come into the gallery that has any indication of any sickness nothing has ever transpired here there's quite a few people that come in and in and out out of the u-haul office so on and so forth so in my opinion we need to uh open up our businesses well said phil gotta go it's time for news but thanks for calling in today it's a 959 on News Radio 949 890 KDXU. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with Chris Stewart.